Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after, <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, hello. Episode five, I promise, we won't spend all of season two being like season two. Oh, <laughs> I think we at should. The beginning of episode of every episode, but just let us have it for a little bit, babes, because it's, it's, this really feels like I hope you feel it along with us. And if you are new to the New Truth podcast, welcome, welcome to the place where we, you know, really I was thinking about the metaphor of this the other day, like blow the lid off right? Like peek behind the curtain of the Wizard of Oz of love, right? The Wizard of Oz of love says that everything's a fantasy. Everything should be happy and perfect all the time, that you have no power and no agency in your relationship and your job is to be chosen. And we're pulling back the curtain to find that behind all of these lies, right, is truth. And that's what the New Truth Podcast is about. And today, you know, it took us a little bit this morning before we landed on a title for this episode. And we hope so much that you enjoy it and and come along with us to transform and heal the root of all relationship dysfunction. The root and of all I evil. Need to guess what it is right now first for yourself, because this will be fun. That I I feel like everyone come well recently, right? There's either phase one is all relationship dysfunction is because of men. Right. <laughs> that That's first one. Then it becomes because a uh, communication. We all just need to communicate better or it, it's trauma. Right. Which is real. But just saying, oh, trauma is the root of relationship dysfunction is not helpful. Right. It doesn't it doesn't help you actually gain insight into what can be changed. And if you click this episode, it means, you know, something's not working in your relationships, whether you're dating or partnered or gosh, what we're going to share today even shows up in friendships. And this is something that we are both very, very passionate about. That's at the root of both of our one-on-one -on -one and group work, bringing women home to their agency and their inner authority and their wise woman away from the saboteur and little girl self. So anything you would add on what people might think this is? What they think is the dysfunction. Uh, sex, sex or money. Sex or money is the number one reason why people get divorced, they say. Um, yeah, this, I think we nailed it. This is it. It's, um, you know, most people are in dysfunctional relationships of some sort. I think of when I start with a woman on our coaching journey and we start to unpack her, even friendships, co-working relationships, like most of us are operating in our either people pleaser, like one relational dynamic in order to keep it alive. You have to sacrifice yourself. You have to overgive. You have to burn yourself out or you have to control everything and you have to do everything. You have to take everything on yourself or you have to change who you are. Um, so I would say that 
there's a lot of dysfunction, first of all. I mean, some relationships don't even look dysfunctional, but they are. They are. And it's and and in, really until you know yourself intimately and you know how to live from that queenly sovereign place that you're talking about, you can't have healthy, thriving relationships. But after listening to this episode, you'll have them. <laughs> we'll show you how. We'll show you the way. So the root of all relationship dysfunction is a emotional reactivity and emotional immaturity because, and how that looks is this, someone else is responsible for how you feel. That's, that's the first way Two, you have no sense of self. So you need to control how someone else behaves in order to help how you feel. And you don't know how to be with feelings of discomfort, pain, upset, anger, so then you react and the reactivity is explosive. The reactivity is punishing. The reactivity is blaming. The reactivity is negative, right? And it's so funny, you know, God, 11 years ago, the very first freaking dating program I ever made, the second module was about this because here's what I watched with women with dating. It was either if I'm getting what I want and people are behaving how I want them to behave, I feel really good. And I'm really hopeful about dating. And then the second, the second something doesn't go the way that they want to, or like someone changes their mind about seeing them, all of a sudden dating's horrible and they never want to date again, right? And they fall apart emotionally. That's what reactivity is. And not having an, you know, being in your heart is a heart center is actually centered, <laughs> not all over the place emotionally. And this actually is, your superpower. Like this is the thing that is the most attractive about people. You want to be around people who feel this way. And this is what healing gives you. So I don't want to make light of this, that of course, what, what is at the root of why someone is immature and reactive is because of trauma, because of lack of skill and never learning how, because of a lack of devotion to self for what it takes to be centered, right? Because we're not at home in ourselves and we're living life with what am I supposed to do and what other people want me to do. Everything's about outside in rather than inside out, which is what autonomy and healing gives you. Um, so I, this, I get this isn't like very easy, but you have to get that this is why it's dysfunctional. It's not because of how other people behave. It's because of what you do in the face of other people's behavior, or other people's feelings or other people's reality. You don't know how to remain centered and at home in yourself. And I probably shared this story before, but my very first personal development workshop, a leadership program, the beginning of the leadership program, we went to a ropes course, which let me tell you, if you want to be triggered nonstop, if you want all your shit on the table about what triggers you, like do a ropes course with a bunch of adults. Um, and it, during that day, one of the mentors came over to me and my, the feedback of the day, and this was 11 years ago. I mean, this was a long time ago. And this is the feedback that changed my life. He said, so Catherine, it's interesting. I'm noticing everyone has to behave a certain way in order for you to stay centered in yourself. And no one, I had done therapy by that point. I was two years sober, right? I was learning about myself. No one had ever phrased it that way before. Like really line in the sand, like this is what you're doing. You can't stay in yourself unless other people are doing what you want them to. That feedback changed my life. That that became the thing that I wanted for myself to remain 
peaceful and calm, no matter what was happening around me, to not need to control other people's behavior, right? I was very much a love addict at this time. I was, I was with my last partner at this time when this feedback came through. Um, and, and it's now like, at least for me, this, and now as a parent, like the, my new devotion to wanting all women to have like emotional maturity, the ability to rest in your own inner knowing and stay centered no matter what is happening. And doesn't mean be Buddha, right? Doesn't mean you won't get angry. You won't get upset. You won't get disappointed, but it means you don't get swept by those feelings and swallowed up by them. You know, you have your feelings rather than your feelings have you and reactivity is the feeling just takes over somebody's consciousness and, and you're not, you know, even connected to what's happening. Yes. Yeah. And it, 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 and if we zoom out, it's also reacting to life and reacting like <clears throat> if you don't have that sense of center and that anchored feeling inside of yourself and the ability to trust whatever's happening is happening because it's how it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And when we think we're in charge, we're in control of what our life is supposed to look like, what our relationships are supposed to look like, then we spend so much time. This is the controller archetype and the saboteur archetypes, but we spend so much time trying to control mm -hmm. the world around us to feel safe. The controller, the controller's MO is actually trying to create safety. So they overfunction, they do everything, they take care of everyone, they take everything on themselves, they try and control other people's perception of them, they try and control their life. So everything is set up in such a way that they they feel like they look like they have it all together. But ultimately the, the it's such a self-fulfilling prophecy because when you're trying to control that which is out of your control, mm. which is everything, everything, nobody else's behavior is you're in your control. No, but no situation that you go through in life is in your control. You can make choices, you can show up, you can take action, but that's from inside of you. But everything outside of you is out of your control. So if on some level you're trying to feel safe by controlling variables outside of you, it's only going to perpetuate the feeling of not feeling safe. And it, I think of even our conditioning around relationships, how we're just taught like once you have that relationship, then you will feel safe. Then you can rest and you've checked that box and everything's great. You've got the handsome husband or the sparkling wife or whatever you're looking for. You have that achieve that thing and you can rest and relax. And now my relationship's good. I'm safe, but your safety cannot come from outside of you ever, 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 ever. Yes. And you know, that relationship can leave. That person won't always be there. Nobody is inside knowing what's happening inside of you. We're like, it. it's so wild because it's like, we're all connected, but we're also all alone inside ourselves. Even if there's someone laying in the bed next to you. So mm. having your safety be the set point inside of you and making that your focus and that your attention and how we build safety inside is by making choices that actually feel right to us, right? In our hearts and our bodies. When you make choices that feel aligned, you start to build that reservoir of safety and the safer you feel inside, the more grounded you'll be, the more present you'll be, the more you'll be able to handle what life brings you, what other people do and don't do. And then with that, also building the safety, sovereignty, knowing we use this word a lot. I know some women have never heard it before. So the word sovereignty is like being sovereign unto yourself. You are, you are responsible solely for you. There's a queen inside of you 
who is it, that is the core of who you are. You're responsible for you. And until you totally own your sovereignty and your responsibility for everything that you feel, right? Someone else activates you. If someone else triggers you and you feel like unworthy, unlovable, you feel like they don't give a shit about you. You feel like, you know, you don't matter. You're a burden, whatever, whatever stories are arising, those stories are yours. They're not true, but they're yours. And that's like when we're living in reactivity to other people's behavior, that's why we're in reactivity because we're believing all these stories that aren't true because that person's behavior is touching on a pain that was already there. And if you don't know your pain intimately in those like sensitive spots and you don't know how to take ownership over, oh, okay, that thing he just said activated this feeling in me, which then set off a belief. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. So I'm going to tend to that young part of myself. This is the work that both of us do with our clients, teach you how to become that loving mama to yourself so that you can give yourself what you need in that moment so that you're not looking to get it from your partner. So now you're, the inner child is not in a relationship with a man, right? With an adult. And now you get to, um, you get to heal your relationship with yourself through triggers and activations you have with other people, as opposed to what most people do is just are in relationships. So they're constantly reinforcing them because they're, if you're thinking someone else is responsible for your pain, well, then you're just reinforcing your own pain and there's nowhere to go from there other than crazy. And everybody who says, you know, I want an emotionally available partner. I want an emotionally available partner. What do we think emotional availability is? Availability to all emotions. Reactivity is not actually feeling your feelings. Reactivity is reacting to the feeling, not in your body having it. And I want to give, I actually just shared this example yesterday with someone. So I want to share it again, because it again was one of the most powerful relationship experiences of my life to see in real time being responsible for myself. So first started dating Andrew um, and it was a Friday afternoon and I was so excited to see, like, I was in such a good mood, right? So happy. I work for myself. I wasn't doing anything on Friday. And I called him in the middle of the day to say just, Hey, and I was looking forward to seeing him that night. When I called him, his energy was short. He clearly was distracted. He, you know, couldn't really talk. And he just, he, and, and he said, you know, I can't talk right now. Like I'll, I'm look, see you later. And Oh boy. Right. He, we hung up the phone and I got all self-righteous and shitty in myself. Right. Like I can't, I was all open hearted and his heart was closed and I can't believe he, blah, blah, blah. and then I, and I told myself a story, right. He wasn't, um, as you know, open hearted as I am. And he wasn't looking forward to seeing me. And then I said to myself, okay, let me zoom out. He's at work. I'm home right now. And I just had a whole day of self-care and he's, it's the middle of his work day. And he wasn't actually rude. He didn't say anything that was rude. He just couldn't match my open heartedness in the moment. And it was a fight. He picked up, he acknowledged that he, you know, was looking forward to seeing me too. And he had, and we would be together later. And I chose when I drove to, we were meeting for mini golf the last time I've played mini golf 10 years ago, um, we were I was driving to the mini golf and I just said to myself, I have a choice right now. I can either punish him 
for not being who I wanted him to be a couple hours ago on the phone or open my heart and stay centered and remember that his behavior has nothing to do with me and he's meeting me for a date right now. And I will never forget, I got out of the car. He was standing by his car with flowers. He was totally relaxed in his body. He was totally at home in himself. And he looked at me and said, I'm so happy to see you. And he was warm. He was everything that I knew he was, which is why I was dating him. He was in that warm and open-hearted energy. And I said, hey, what was going on? You know, when I called earlier, he's like, of course, I wanted to pick up when you called, but I was dealing with an emergency at work and multiple things are happening at a time. And, and that's what I needed to focus on. I will never forget this. And this I'm 10 years with this man now, like this happens over and over and over again. Emotional reactivity is also about taking personally other people's yes. behavior. It's not just being reactive because you're not getting your way. It's making it personal. So sovereignty, being at home in yourself is recognizing that absolutely nothing is personal. And I get that now more than ever, because of course, when I'm like, like when you are in a bad mood, you know, like you're tired or hungry or whatever, you know, it's not about other people. Like when you're short, you're saying to yourself, other people are not making me behave this way, right? I'm tired and I'm hungry or and I've, and I've had a long day or, and I'm disconnected from myself and that's why I'm behaving that way. This emotional availability is the ability to do what I just did in that story. The ability to, and, and then maturity and, and the skills of learning how to do relationship well is if there was something like if Andrew had done something that bothered me, vulnerability is being able to say, wow, you know, that the energy on the phone earlier was, was really hard for me. Can you tell me what was going on for you? Like, I don't have to dismiss my feeling and pretending like I wasn't having a feeling about, you know, being disappointed or upset about something, but that's not making him responsible for it. The moment you do anything that's like you, you made me feel you needed to do X. You need to text. I mean, why are you telling people to text you every day when you first started dating, start dating? You do not need a text every single day. And this is another podcast. We definitely have to talk about texting and dating and people like mm -hmm. figuring this shit out. But nothing, nothing will root you into self-love and self-trust then being able to be connected to yourself and connected to yourself means connected to what's happening inside of you, connected to your emotions, and then making the choice of how you want to show up. And we're talking about self-awareness now too. Like I witnessed myself. I, after that phone call, took a step back and said, wow, what is happening inside of me? What else could be true? Right. Andrew's at what else could be true? He's at work. Maybe I don't have to do get all fired up and shitty right now. And can you imagine that poor man, which is what half of you do in your relationships, by the way, if I had shown up to, to mini golf, shut down and cold and, and shitty and punishing him for his energy on the phone that day, maybe we wouldn't be here because a man, a healthy man, this is another, you're not going to like this. Healthy men aren't drawn to reactive behavior. Dysfunction seeks dysfunction, babes. So I, I have bad news for you if you're telling yourself you're the functional conscious one <laughs> in the relationship and you're saying, he just needs to do work. He needs to go to therapy. He needs to he, 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 or my friends or whatever, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> like that's, that's not how it works. We all 
you know, we, it water seeks its own level. So it does start and end with you. And if you want to, sh- the good news is, is if you want to shift your relationships, it starts and ends with you, right? You can start bringing more consciousness to the relationship by behaving differently rather than telling other people what they should do to behave differently and heal, right? You model it. And that's also the truth. And I'm sure you, I think we talked about this about your relationship too. the vulnerability of being the woman in the relationship is like, you are the ocean and the wind of the relationship and he's the boat, right? So like you are, you have, trem- your emotions have tremendous influence over how your relationship goes. And this is true with friends too. This is, this is true at work. Like how many people just feel victimized by, by life and, and other people rather than, okay, this is what's happening. What do I want to do about it? Right. How do I want to respond right now? How do I want to show up? That's what you have control over. Yes. And pause the power of the pause. Like if you can practice when you're feel when you feel activated and let's talk about that word for a second. Um, I remember an old mentor taught me that word years ago. I used to use triggered and the word trigger, most people use it in a blaming context. Like they triggered me, he triggered me, she triggered me, you triggered me. And also it's a gun. So I don't know. I think a man came up with that term, but it's like, it's a gun and it's point three fingers are pointing back at you. Yes, that's true. But the word activated is such a beautiful word because you can be activated in a pleasurable way. And you can be activated in a painful way. And so when you feel activated in a painful way and your instant reaction is to, or your instant instinct is to react. Now, I also want to preface reaction can be shutting down. So for those of you isolators out there, you're not off the hook and that's not, not being reactive. If you're holding it in and then beating yourself up and, and spinning the story in your mind. Because regardless, if you're blaming someone else for how you feel, that is reactivity. And so whether it's an inside job or it's coming out externally, like there's no, there is nowhere to go from there. You cannot be in your power and have what you desire and feel how you want to feel as long as you're blaming. Because I mean, what a self-fulfilling prophecy. That is a long life. If you're, if you think everyone else needs to be different, so you don't feel pain. And yet really the world around us teaches us that, right? Our society, especially in the Western world, especially in North America, is like, blame your neighbor, shame your neighbor, righteousness. It's It comes from the top down. We're constantly modeled to divide and conquer and fight your neighbor and I'm right and you're wrong and you need to be different. No, you need to be different. Like it, it literally is embedded in every facet of Western culture and probably every culture in the world. Um, but there is no self-responsibility. We're not taught self-responsibility. In fact, we're not taught any of this. We go from being teenagers, you know, who are have wild, crazy emotions, don't know how to handle it. And then we keep being teenagers in adult bodies with no, you know, no rite of passage, no education on how to have healthy relation- relationships, how to understand your feelings how to understand that feelings pass. They're like waves when you actually learn how to just be in relationship with your feelings, when you learn how to own them and how to feel them and how to not think everyone else needs to be different. So something else that actually keeps us in reactivity to the world and life and our relationships is gossip. Because when you're talking, what gossip is, is we go to our friends, let's say you're going on dates 
and you're having this experience of like every guy is is aloof or men suck or there's no good men left on planet earth or in your city what do you do you call your friends you tell them they reinforce it then you call someone else they reinforce it and you know your boss pisses you off you call five of your friends and they reinforce it what that actually does is keep the reactivity going it's like pouring yes. gasoline on the wildfire so learning how to clean up how you're doing your relationships and how you're talking about what's going on for you is a huge part of the healing too from the dysfunctional reactive relationship because that's just more ammunition more ammunition to, that there's a good and bad and a right and wrong and that you know other people are have wronged us like you are a victim if somebody else has wronged you and when you're a victim, there is no, there's no power. There's no way that you can create the life that you desire and be the woman that you're here to be when you are a victim. The only way that you can create a life that you love is when you take responsibility. So even, even things like in personal development boundaries and getting your needs met in relationships, most people take those and interpret them and are like, okay, how, how does my partner, my partner's not meeting my needs. All right. Well, that's not actually your partner's job, right? It's your job to take full responsibility for your needs. You might have standards. Well, I hope you have standards. You have, you know, desires and hopefully they meet some of those desires, but if somebody else is responsible for your needs, your basic needs, well, you're going to, you're going to be stuck in this blame and then be reactive that they're not meeting the thing that they need to do. Same with how most people interpret the word boundaries. Like I'm going to set a boundary, Catherine, in order for you to be my friend, here's how you need to behave. Don't smile so much. You're going to have to nod a little bit less because it's very activating for me. <laughs> right. It's like, this is what we do. Like you go to your partner and you're like, Okay, so my needs are four text messages a day. My boundary is you need to, you know, text me every day and tell me you love me and you need to do the dishes. Okay. Like that, and oh, that we internalize words like needs and boundaries. And it, yes. again, it's just more powerlessness. And it's, it, it, it's all, if we look at the fairy tale, it's all the princess, like the girl, the girl who's like, here's how everyone has to behave like you were saying in your ropes course in order for me to feel safe. Okay. You play that character. You do this right. You do that right. Then I'm going to feel good for five minutes and take a breath. That right. is exhausting and never, ever, ever will it come true. You can't, you're not responsible for other people. Everyone's here on planet earth with their own adventure. We all get one. And it's not your job. If you've chosen someone as a partner, it's not your job to tell them how they live their lives. You can share impact. You can share if something doesn't feel good. You should, can share desires. And if, you know, the relationship isn't feeling good, you also can choose to leave. But imagine it's not that your job to tell them who to be or how to be. And it's not any, and, and I'm sure it doesn't feel good for you to have other people telling you who to, how to be and who to be right? Like we're all here for our own adventure in our own life and relationships just become so much more uh, safe and satiable and delicious and pleasurable when, when you take responsibility for your pleasure too. 
and for your, for all of the feelings that arise. And then you, like you said, bring that to your partner and then you get to deepen from it. But if you're pointing the finger at them and blaming them and telling them how they have to behave differently, I guarantee most men, for those of you who are in heterosexual relationships, where most men are going to be running to the hills because they don't feel free if you're telling them who to be, right? When people tell you who to be, you don't feel free. So it's like the number one way to push people away. And then what's really dangerous is if you don't know that this isn't okay, this is how you end up in a controlling relationship. I just, I just like felt that as you were speaking of like, right. The women who set, who are in relationships with men who tell them what to wear, wh how, where they can go, who they're allowed to be friends with. And you think that that's love because you've only known controlling love. Right. If someone is telling you what to do, that's not love. That's control. It's not love. If you tell them how to behave and tell, and, and we will do another episode on boundaries and needs and, and how to actually find yes. the truth of how to do that in a relationship. This feels really important because on the other side is, is that like why women are in disempowered relationships because they think that that's love. Oh, he must love me. If he feels this strongly about how I show up in the world, right? That's not the case at all. And so wherever you are on your healing journey, right? I shared that story about the ropes course that was over 10 years ago and my new you know, passion and truly where my work is headed. I feel like I'm just going to say it out loud. There's going to be courses around emotional mastery and self-trust this year, because this is my newest passion. Cause this is the thing that's needed in parenting, right? How many parents are reactive? My kid's not misbehaving because I don't like her tantrum. Madeline's has a thing right now where she just screams when she's frustrated. It's really cute. She like makes like an angry little, it's like, how can I be mad at you? You look adorable when you're screaming. <laughs> she like <laughs> makes, she like literally just goes, when she, when she doesn't like something or when it's time to leave the playground or, or, um, you know, stop doing what we're doing or, or shift gears. And it's like, right. Yeah, baby, that's your feeling. You get, you're frustrated. I get it. Right. And how many parents they would get reactive. They, oh, I feel uncomfortable. Oh, I'm worried about how other people think my kid is behaving. So now I have to shut my kid down. Yes. Right to manage other people rather than managing yourself and see that everything is right and beautiful. And so I also want to end with all of your feelings are valid. Like all of your feelings matter. Like your experience matters in your life. But the joke I made when I was like, imagine that, that you can leave is that's also how women give their power away. They don't recognize that. Okay. If I find myself continuing to try to change this person to get them to show up for me, to get them to be different or to, to have a friend meet me on, on the level that I want to be met, I am allowed to leave. And the child doesn't know that the inner child says I have to make this work. And that's what gets the whole dysfunctional rope, you know, circle going is if you don't have your agency, you don't recognize that you have choices, choices to stay or go choices to work on something with someone and reveal your truth or not. But please know there is nothing okay about controlling another person's behavior and nothing okay if that person's controlling you. And that's at the, at the root of narcissistic and toxic relationships. Right. And, and when you don't have agency, you most, uh, you end up thinking that that's okay. I mean, the stories Kate and I have heard over 11 years of the things women have tolerated is because you just don't realize that that's not okay. And it's also the way that you treat yourself. 
right? How many women shame themselves into changing or try to control their self-care and then their schedule rather than actually doing the deep inner work to come home, to feel good in your own body, to know what you deserve. Listen to our episode about, about, um, receiving what you deserve in your life and relationships, um, this season. And really this is the lifelong practice. That's the last thing. Like this isn't like, Oh, now I'm never, I never get reactive and I'm always Buddha and I'm always centered. It's, Oh no, every day I nurture my inner world so that I can handle the things that life brings because life is unpredictable. Life is not always going to go according to plan. And if you don't have those practices, that's how you're like a leaf blowing in the wind, right? Reacting to everything. This is why meditation is a game changer. Why body movement. So not just an exercise class, because lots of you go exercise, (laughs) but the, the slower yoga Pilates, you know, just dancing in your room and moving whatever your feelings to help you stay connected to yourself is everything. And that's really the key, recognizing that it's not, I need life to behave differently. It's when I source from myself and I take care of myself and I do the practices that help me be centered, then I can handle whatever life brings because I've nurtured myself first. That's it for me. Exactly. When I, when I, feel activated going in and nurturing myself and giving myself what I need as opposed to thinking the world around me needs to change. And the last thing I'll say is that as long as you're trying to change someone else so that they show up how you want them to show up so that you feel more loved or more lovable or more worthy, that's underneath it. It's like you're trying to get love and you're trying to feel like you have this really great relationship or great friendship or whatever. So you're wanting them to be different. You'll never feel loved. You'll never feel loved because they can't, no, nobody, that's not sustainable. Even if someone does change for you, then you won't love them anymore because they're not who you originally fell in love with. But you'll never feel that love for yourself if you're trying to get it from some, if you're trying to control someone else's behavior to feel love. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So come home when you feel, when you feel activated nourish yourself love yourself give it to yourself go in instead of out and if you don't know how reach out to Catherine and i and we will show you the way lots of love and we'll see you next week hi it's kate thanks so much for listening to the new truth podcast for more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.